0: Hello and welcome to what is, I think the first podcast, at least where I get really, really excited for the new game because we're gonna talk about how to start what is now FC 24. And with me, I have a panel of guests with, I don't know, probably like 40 years combined experience of playing Ultimate Team or something crazy like that.
2: Uh, We have, first of all, Japes, of course, Foot Legend. Hello, welcome back. Hello, Ben. Glad to be back. And I have certainly started over a probably a decade at this point worth of ultimate teams in my Mm -hmm. day. So seen a lot of different things. But this year, there are a couple of curveballs that I am still kind of wrapping my brain around in terms of what I think about it. So it's kind of an interesting one to discuss. Yeah, there are things like evolutions to throw into the mix for this prep
0: episode. I mean, they're, they're things we can't fully predict, but we can have a go at maybe giving some early recommendations or maybe what to think about around those. Uh, we will introduce our next guest. Yes, we have, as you'd expect, Josh Excels. Hello, welcome back.
3: Yes, thank you for, uh, for having me. I, I, when I got the message from you with the little kind of sheet of what we want to talk about, I, yeah, I got very excited. I'm I'm, I'm mm. Big time looking forward to the new game. And, uh yeah, you know, there's been a few leaked ratings that I may have been perusing over for the last few hours. So, um, yeah, can't wait. Definitely. And up next, we have Nate
0: for Accountant, who's been on quite a few of these over the years. Welcome back as well. Thanks, Ben,
1: for having me back. I'm really excited too, because the conversations we're going to have today will just continue to jumpstart my prep thinking and just, I don't know, planning for the next restart of Ultimate Team.
0: Yeah, actually, we should start with what we're planning to be doing ahead of the web app release. Any sort of planning or thinking about maybe the database or anything along those lines. Uh, let's start with you, James. I mean, are you already planning starter teams and things like that?
2: I don't think I, I start making my team per se. Like that's not really where my brain goes. I think my brain goes to if I am going to you know try to make the most of the web app, then it's the question of is there a league that i decide that i you know want to like learn price like market wise to do some trading in because i think for most people learning the whole market and all of the different card prices is like a pretty large undertaking not for many on this podcast who are devoting huge amounts of time to it but for for the average fifa joe you can go about learning the prices for one league and so i try to pick leagues that i think will either start to build more hype that, you know, going into like the first weekend league because they have some attractive, you know, nick combos of players that you can put in there or just a league that I uh, am maybe interested in playing with. But I think this year, the, the... I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around it the same way because of the introduction of the women's leagues. Because there are a lot of, you know, women's players in the supposed uh, like unofficial official looking ratings that are seemingly out there that could be doing some damage early on, especially some attackers, some wide players. And I am not sure how the market is going to react to them yet. Mm. So I think that's the, you know, you're starting to at this point develop a hypothesis on how you think the market is going to react to certain ratings. Like the, the easiest one is like, which players are gonna link nicely with Mbappe? That's like a, a baseline thing that you could say, I believe these players are gonna link nicely with Mbappe and they're gonna get some hype to get him full chemistry. I can maybe keep tabs, but that's a very popular move. And so I think you're looking for ones that are you know a tier less competitive if you're me to be able to to try to start to learn. But the the introduction of the women's players for me, I'm not sure how to navigate it, but I think there are some guests on this panel that might be able to help with that. Yeah,
0: actually, we can ask Nate about that because it is fascinating to see what happens. The women's leagues, well, they don't probably provide the best defensive options, particularly center backs, based on height, really. But there are really, really good players... In other positions that people will want to use so you could see people going down more of a hybrid route than perhaps they would typically where they'd choose a league and just keep progressing it's probably going to be or potentially could be a bit different this cycle yeah ben i totally agree
1: where you're coming from and as i look at the stats of the top rated women's players in the game i'm noticing that some of the best ones are from those top clubs psg chelsea and especially barcelona like puteas bonmati and graham hansen are all from the Barcelona women's team and they link directly to the Barcelona men's team, I think that's going to be one of the easiest ways early on people will be able to link those cards is you think about having like Puteas in your midfield with Pedri or you know maybe Lewandowski gets in and Bonmati, you get a Barcelona link between those two players since mm. it works in that way. Yeah, they're not the same league, but they're the same club and that gets you chemistry. So that's where I think the market will be impacted straight away Is maybe some Barcelona players, maybe a couple of Chelsea players that are, you know, the more meta side on the men's side of things will have a bit of an impact in price upwards because of these overpowered looking women's cards coming in.
3: Yeah, that is one of the kind of odd parts of this. I I even think in the uh, Spanish league, in Liga F, there's a couple of clubs in there that aren't linked to a men's club. Um, I was having a look at women's strikers, just because I I genuinely think the meta could be there fairly early. Um, And there's a Zambian striker called Kudan Nanji. And she's from a Madrid club. Like, my knowledge of Liga F is very minimal. And... I've, I don't recognize the badge at all. And unless Real Madrid have signed a deal with somebody else and they can't use their badge, it's definitely not Real Madrid. Um, and so I, there's going to be some weird, I think, wrinkles in the market where a player that's from um, a big club that also has a men's team is going to have an extra little kind of part of their price added on top. Whereas you might be able to find some especially, as you say, in the American Women's League, some really cheap but very good players because you have to link them with other women's players from that league and there's no way to kind of have a defense attack hybrid with a men's and women's linked um, team. So it's, a, it's definitely, I think, the biggest change we've had to the market is essentially introducing another three, four top leagues into the game like on the same level as the Premier League and La Liga. It's it's that kind of impact on the market. But with these weird kind of links in, obviously you've got the nation links, but then these club links, but not having the league links. And I definitely think it's going to be something to kind of try and... It's going to be something to watch early doors. I actually think women's players... I initially thought women's players would be underpriced initially. I think people would go to the players that they know, which predominantly is the men's players. And then they would find the women's players and when they start getting beaten by them and (laughs) they start getting scored on a lot and start seeing them gritty on them, that's going to be the, (laughs) oh, I need to try out a couple of these women's players. But I'm getting more to the idea that I think people are going to move towards, I think, kind of the leagues that you don't usually see a lot, like even something like the Super League, the, the Turkish League. It's got some amazing players in it. They've been buying like crazy this summer. Obviously, Saudi League is going to be a league that no one's really used before. And then I definitely think people will start building their starter teams, at least their starter attacks, made up of quite a few women's players, especially ones that they can link in. So yeah, it's going to be really, really fascinating to see how it affects the market and how that moves from the web app into the full game or into early release and then into the full release. Yeah, and actually another point
0: to make about the NWSL is that there are a lot of US nation players, if that makes sense. So it's going to be somewhat easier to link. What I see a lot of people saying is that the women's players are going to be underpriced at the start, that people will underrate them. And also actually on top of that, there's a consideration, Nate, that well, actually, if there are a lot more top-end players, then prices should theoretically be lower because the coins are spread further. How do you see that kind of panning out? Do you have any predictions?
1: Yeah, I think I agree with that. Um, Especially with all the inclusion of these new women's players, we just have a lot more players that are higher rated and a lot more players that are pretty meta as well, looking at least stat-wise. And I think that's going to divide people's interests a good amount across the board. And EA is taking position modifiers out of packs. They're adding a lot of these players in. So we feel like players are going to be in packs more often, a little bit. Not that I think that's going to impact the market a ton, but yeah, I it's going to be a whole new world with all these new players added in. And especially, well, we always know that people go for the cream of the crop. They go for what's the most meta and popular and those are going to definitely carry a higher price tag. But yeah, there's just so many changes coming this year with the new players that it's kind of going to be another unknown. Yeah, because
0: of what we've been talking about, I think that is the biggest thing that will help you before the game launches, getting familiar with all the new players in the game, particularly those women's players, uh, how they connect together chemistry-wise, maybe finding some cores of players that you can use in your squad, not necessarily a full team team, and yeah, we'll, we'll talk more next week, I think, about the database once we have it available. Um, but sites like Foot.gg should have the full thing relatively soon, hopefully, after you're listening to this, if not already. And uh, let's move on to the FIFA point question. Not particularly interesting for Josh, Nate, and myself as long term non FIFA point spenders or RTG runners. But, Japes, I know you were potentially thinking you wouldn't actually spend on points this year, although you had done. Uh, pretty consistently previously.
2: Yeah, I think right now I'm leaning towards not doing it this cycle. I think um, generally the, the logic behind doing so is like quite simple in my mind. And it's, do I end up enjoying the time that I spend playing the game more by having access to more coins earlier on? And what I mean is over, if you spend, say you spend $100 on points and you play 100 hours of the game are you going to get a dollar worth of enjoy a dollar more per hour worth of enjoyment out of the game if you're able to access additional players or you know get access to additional coins or not have to grind you know the same way if the answer is yes then like that's that's super cheap entertainment it's super cheap mm. If the answer is, like, no, it's going to have no impact, then, like, you're probably not a points person. So I think for me, I'm not sure how impactful they were last year, like, in the same way. And I think it's just a... um, Now, when I sit down to play the game, I'm kind of like, I'll just play with, like, whoever I have. It's fine. Versus being like, I want to play with these players. I want to get access to icons. I want to win, 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 win.
3: Mm.
2: Now I'm I'm more along the lines of like, if I'm going to sit down to play, like I kind of just want to like relax and play. And I don't need the best players to be able to do that. So the utility that I'm getting out of the additional spend on points is less making the equation more challenging to buy into for me.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the fact is that, yeah, you have to put in time, but I don't think it's completely crazy. But without being a top player, a top trader, you can eh, really build a competitive team. It might be harder to reach the very pinnacle players, but in general, you're still going to be able to use a lot of players that you like. And really, it seems like the end of the cycle now is a bit of a free-for-all anyway. So there's always that point in time if there are specific players you just really want to use and you're happy to wait.
1: Yeah, I think we even saw this last year that with the way objectives and SBCs and the content that we get on a daily and a weekly basis has evolved, like you can create a competitive team spending more time, albeit, but uh, going that route of free-to-play for sure. And then like Jape said too, if you spend a lot of time playing FC, well, I almost said FIFA, but if you play spend a lot of time playing Ultimate Team and you know, it's just kind of like, okay, I'm gonna go, you know, spend money on golf clubs if I like golfing, you know, to get maybe a little bit better at golf type of thing. It's just like a hobby, you know. If you're Mm. spending a lot of time on it, then the spend of actual money, if you want to, is not yeah, it's not bad. (laughs) Just up to you.
0: Yeah. And I think the one final point I make on it. With that in mind, it's important to say that if you have any concern that you might, even a small concern that you might feel pulled into spending more than is perhaps manageable for you, then just don't spend FC points. Mm -hmm. I think that's just the simplest way to think about it, right? Mm -hmm. You have to be sure that you can set limits and that you can abide by those limits. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when I say that, it's not how much you've spent that evening, for example. It's really. How much you're spending over a longer period, because that's what catches people out the fact that they've spent much more that cycle or that month than they can, I mean, maybe afford, but also wanted to spend really. And if you can't track that, if you don't have it maybe in a banking app or something along those lines, you can easily end up spending more than you wanted to, more than you intended to, because it's not clear how much you have spent and whether you are overspending over a longer period. And uh, if you have any concerns about that, then quite simply, do not spend. And I think that's definitely the way to go. And there'll be plenty of people doing similar, I'm sure, in the support of Discord, maybe for the first time, and of course, many on the podcast as well. Right, we should move on to dates and get into it. Because first of all, we have the web app, or we should do, which I think is likely to be with the Ultimate Edition coming on the 22nd. It's going to be the Wednesday before, which is the 20th. Does that sound right, Nate? That lines up with what's
1: happened in the past couple of years in terms of like when the regular release is. um, Usually it's like the week and a half before. Yeah, like the week and a half before on a Wednesday. I'm pretty sure in the last couple of years it's always been like a Wednesday Mm timeframe and they dropped that coinciding with Team of the Week one. So, yeah, it's not confirmed yet, but. If there was
0: a date for it to come out, I think that would be the time. Yeah, and then it doesn't leave us that long, I guess, until the 22nd. Thank goodness. Yeah, (laughs) which is when the Ultimate Edition comes out. And that will be, I guess, what, late Thursday night, essentially midnight Thursday night for being able to play that.
3: It's usually midnight or 1am, I've found. But, you know, in the past, you used to be able to download it if you set your location to New Zealand at like four in the afternoon or something UK time. Yeah, I think it still works on Xbox. Actually. That's so intense. <laughs> you know, those extra hours make all the difference. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, it's it's usually midnight. That, that would be when I'd be uh, setting my timer for. Yeah, and actually, it's not just Ultimate
0: Edition. There is still EA Play, I believe, which will give you 10 hours of playtime if you're spending already on EA Play or you want to spend £4 rather than the, I guess, cost difference between standard and ultimate, you'll then get 10 hours to play before full release, uh, which is on the 29th for those who've gone for the standard edition. Uh, Is there anything else kind of date-wise to look out for that I've missed? I guess there's going to be that promo, isn't there, during that uh, window uh, between the 22nd and the 29th, uh, the Nike one or Nike, sorry, NA listeners. Um, it and- is Nike.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, I just want to throw it out there that if you listen to anybody from the company say it, <laughs> they say Nike. Yeah, absolutely right. But you don't say
0: bikey for bike, do you? Uh, that's what you mean. You, need you to have, to have a nightmare. <laughs> 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 um, oh, yeah. Sorry. And also, uh, it's worth noting that actually, I'm assuming, uh, maybe I'm wrong about this, Josh, that people would be able to engage with that Nike campaign. Between the 22nd and 29th, if they're accessing the web app, right? You wouldn't be able to complete the objectives uh, because they'll be presumably gameplay related, but certainly you've got a chance of, I don't know, packing one of the players' first owner if you're somehow opening packs on the web app without going on the game. And you've got those 10 hours potentially anyway. So, you know, you could, if you've got EA Play to play the 10 hours, if you were adding FIFA points, you could add them on. So I guess, you know, there is an opportunity to engage with it to some extent.
3: There there is potentially, I don't know if we know exactly what the makeup of the promo's going to be? You know, are the cards mm-hmm. going to be in packs? If so, then yeah, you can absolutely engage with it on the web app. I do feel like there's going to be quite good rewards in objectives for for it, just because they then might encourage people to go, oh, go on then, I'll go on EA Play and get my 10 hours early so I can, mm. you know, log in. I, I, I do have a feeling that, because it's the first time I think that we've ever had a promo that's just for people with early access. We've had, like, early access of gameplay objectives and that kind of stuff before, but never a full promo. So, yeah, it's it's something that I think we're going to have to see when it comes. We're going to have to see how, how worthwhile it is doing. But if you haven't got the Ultimate Edition, which is perfectly fine, it may well be worth just getting those 10 hours with EA Play, make sure you cancel your subscription so it doesn't roll on month after month like I've done this year. Uh, <laughs> and um, and just make sure that you, you can get those things done. If that's something that you really care about and you're on a budget, it'll definitely be cheaper than buying the Ultimate Edition for sure. So um, it's going to be one of those that we're just going to have to see what it's like when it arrives because it might not be worth doing that for.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. You can always take a look and obviously, you know,
3: those 10 hours,
0: you have the full week essentially to use them i think which is you know quite a good window i'm not sure there's that much confirmed information about ea play as well so maybe there might be some slight quirks about that um because obviously previously haven't been able to access it so far ahead of the actual launch and then i guess we go back now to the web app uh just quickly Nate, it doesn't seem like i don't think we're gonna have that much time on the web app maybe 24 hours or so are there any particular bits of advice that you would give people or even if it's just to say you know if you're not interested in trading, just open your starter packs, potentially build a team if you want to, and leave it at that.
1: Yeah, thank goodness. The last year, FIFA 23, we had like, what, five or six days of web app before we could get on to the early release access, and that was a pain. But yeah, definitely for the start of the web app, you know, picking that starter nation is always something that people kind of debate over. I wouldn't spend much more than a minute thinking about it, because I mean, regardless of whether you pick one or two of the top best nation's you're probably going to end up in around the same place, but just pick one that you think would be good for doing SBCs. Shouts for Brazil, Netherlands, Germany, all good nations. Um, yeah, Germany's
0: been quite useful for an SBC though. they've put out as a starter SBC, right? True. Um, in the past. So that, that could be worth, just if you're not sure, just go to Germany because it has helped, I think, uh, with one of those early SBCs, but Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then after that, I mean, usually the thing to do is go straight to the store. Um, I know you have a little loan trick, which I'll let you talk about, but um, (laughs) I go straight to the store. And then if there, I'm assuming just like every other year of Ultimate Team, even though it's going from FIFA to FC, we will still have those, you know, engagement user reward packs, which Mm. if you've played uh, FIFA this last year or in years past, multiple years on the same account, they usually have some engagement. rewards that they'll give out is it's like four or five or six packs depending on how long you've played and those aren't too bad and actually can get you off and running so i would get those open as fast as possible and and then that kind of that starts your club that gets you off the ground for doing some of those uh, starter and advanced spcs and uh, potentially getting a few coins to your name so you can look at the market a bit as well if you wish
0: yeah and i believe josh previously the badge and kit that you could select they're actually tradable right so those sort they of are a, indeed, yeah. a bit of a meta to pick uh, top teams and then just discard it afterwards
3: yeah so if you can pick the order in which i would do it is like if they are a major club you're talking manchester united real madrid barcelona and i can't think of any other major clubs really um like those kind of kits and badges they're the they're the Uh, kits and badges you you should pick because the chances are they're going to be in the thousands of coins. The second thing I would prioritize is rare gold. Now, you're not going to know that straight away, but you can kind of use a bit of intuition. If they're a major league, if they're a bigger club, the chances are their kits and badge are going to be rare gold. And the reason that's important is if it's not selling, you can discard it for 460 to 500 coins. So for those three choices that you can just swap for the bronze kits and badges that you'll have in your club just from doing those starter SBCs, you've got 1,500 coins off the bat at the bare, bare minimum. And you'll always get a rare gold option in those choices. I've never seen one that doesn't have a rare gold option. Yeah. And then generally I'd go around just quick selling as much as you can that you won't need.
0: Um, Anything that you can get coins out of is worth doing. Uh, I have a little loan trick that I like to use. You can actually uh, change the position or at least in the past, you could change the position that you uh, swapped on the pitch and it would actually give you different options. So, you know, if you go to a a right back spot, it will show you right backs. if you go to the bench, I think it's a little bit random, but personally, I like to, go through the different options and then find a lower rated player with high pace who has a decent number of loan games and uh, generally actually looking for a pacey centre-back particularly because they tend to be quite expensive at the start and are very, very useful. Um, So that's a a good way to get a little bit of a a boost to your starter squad. Obviously, you want to consider chemistry to some extent with that player, but actually, as long as they're a player you can get good chemistry on, you'll probably end up buying some players to fit around them anyway. And then I guess if you get into completing SBCs, personally, I often avoid doing it on the web app just because I find it a little bit of a pain. Um, But if you have a lot of time on the web app, you could go through certainly, obviously, the basic SBCs, really straightforward, you might as well do them on the web app. But even the advanced ones, if you can complete them with what you can buy, what you have in your club, then I guess it makes sense to work through those. Uh, I don't know whether Josh, you have any... Further advice on the uh, SBCs, the advanced ones?
3: Yeah, mainly not to overspend unless you absolutely have to, because that time of the game is... uh, There's a high demand for the cards that complete certain SBCs. The reason why I would always go Germany at the beginning of the game is because you'd need a German striker, usually, a German striker or CDM, to complete one of the foundation SBCs, the bronze one, and if you don't have one, they usually cost like a 1,000 coins for a bronze German striker mm-hmm. just so that you complete it. Now, it may be they change it, but this is EA, and they haven't changed it for the last six years. So yeah. the chances are it's going to be exactly the same. So that's, that would be my biggest thing, is don't overspend. But if you go to complete an SBC and notice that right, bronze right, any bronze right mid is expensive, that is a trading opportunity. That's something I would then look at and just just start searching. Where is the line? And then just search it open and look what's being bought with a minute to go because people are lazy and will just buy to complete an SBC without trying to get the absolute cheapest price. And that can then become a trading opportunity for you, you know, at at the beginning of the web app in terms of a low coin total. But Mm -hmm. yeah, don't, don't spend all your coins completing a section of a foundation SBC because the rewards are all untradeable. So you're much better off going and trying to maybe do a bit of trading, maybe even do a bit of bronze pack method if bronzes are expensive and then f- packing the player or making the coins to them by the player so that you're not losing out. I think it's it's really easy to overspend early game and you're much better waiting off until the full game release. want to say a really big thing as well
0: remember that position change consumables don't exist so you can move the players around and they will just change position and that'll allow you to complete some spcs that you basically just wouldn't have done last year because you'd have to use a position change consumable so uh it's going to be very satisfying to do that and it is going to work so uh yeah it's helpful to know that and remember it and then am i right in thinking nate that the four thousand six hundred fifa points wasn't something that would appear on the web app right you had to go on the game to get that.
1: yeah i believe those first showed up when you logged on to the full game for the first time so like for a lot of us during the ultimate edition last year when you get your pre-order fifa points uh, or you do get your pre-order fifa points when you load in uh for the first time
0: yeah and that obviously means that there's a bit of what parity people aren't spending fifa points or fc points we should be calling them i suppose at that point right which means you can potentially especially actually if you hit an inform right because informs mm-hmm. discard for 10k uh, whoever they are or even if they're a ridiculously valuable player just quick sell them recover them make sure you set a reminder recover them in 6 days time once you I'm sure have 10k but use that 10k because potentially with the small amount of coins that are out there you can get some bargains you don't you don't want to spend ages probably uh, pouring over the web app when sometimes you might be better off just putting your time into the full release of the game but it can be a way to get a bit of a head start right
1: absolutely last year during the web app actually from one of those tradable welcome backpacks um i hit duarte i think was his name center back portuguese center back in la liga In him, quick sold him for 10k and I, that helped me get off the ground and running because i had ten thousand coins immediately i had that quick sell recover value to get the player if i wanted to back again mm. um and then yeah i could go back out onto the market and start trading and flipping things. And I mean, I, I remember seeing Inform Kevin De Bruyne on the first day of the web app last year was like 60 or 70,000 coins the first day. And then every day as it goes on, people start to get more coins. And then of course, as we get onto the ultimate edition as people are getting on the full game and can play games. Then your gameplay demand kicks in and you know prices for those meta cards just explode and you know he was up at like four or five hundred thousand coins i think two or three weeks later but yeah that first day on the web app after you open all those packs and get the coins you can get it's everything is really cheap because there's nobody playing games it's just everybody doing their welcome backpacks trying to get those SBCs done some bronze cards like you mentioned josh are going for more coins than like 83s and 84s because that's what mm-hmm. people are... That's the demand. That's where people are at.
3: And I think there's a big lesson in what you just said there as well. If you are lucky enough to hit a big player, unless you are willing to invest a lot of time trading, you are much better off just holding that player until the game releases, at least like two or three days after the game releases before you sell. If you hit a big in or a very meta player that player is going to make more coins sat in your club than you would do trading unless you are like dedicating a lot of time to it. Mm. Yeah. It's not even a lot of time. It's like, how how good are you at it? Yeah. Hmm. I used
2: to... People, gosh, when I... Early on when I was doing YouTube, more like full-time, people used to always say, I packed... Whatever player, when should I sell? That hasn't changed. (laughs) That hasn't changed one bit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it hasn't changed. I'm sure it hasn't. It's it's one of the dumbest questions that can be asked. (laughs) And what I mean is like, it's an impossible question for me to answer. There are so many variables involved. It's like one: Are you good? How well do you know the market? Are you good at trading? do you feel like you can invest the time into it? I don't know how quickly this player is going to appreciate and yeah. value. Do you know what I mean? Like there's so many, there's so many factors in it that it's, it's like, it's, it's like the most horrible question as any content. I'm sure you get it all the time on stream. I packed Benzema. When <laughs> yeah. should I sell him? I don't know. Why don't you play with him? Yep, exactly. That that question is it happens a lot at the
1: beginning of the year and for good measure because, you know, coins are so important and there's uh, just the idea that you have to be the most efficient and, you know, you have to be perfect to start the game off well and
2: in the right way, so. The other, the other thing that I will say is, like, if you are not going to trade, but you pack a player that's of high value, if you, like, sometimes what I'll do is I'll, I don't know, say I pack a 50K player And there are two 20K players that I think are also going to appreciate in value. Maybe not perhaps buy as much, but they're two 20K players like at that point in time that I would like to play with. Like in that instance, I may very well just sell and immediately buy those players and let those players Mm -hmm. appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of opportunity
1: cost type of situations that will happen in the first couple of days as well where you pack a player or you have a certain amount of coins you're like okay I want to play with X player in my team and I also want to see my coin balance appreciate so maybe you have to try to yeah if you have those two motivations figuring out what you're going to do is always interesting
3: I I, I would say as well once you get onto the game Gameplay is the thing you should focus on, especially if you've got early access, because it's the thing that the people that don't have early access don't have access to. And mm-hmm. so you can get ahead by playing those games, getting those objectives done quickly, um, and and beginning to get a feel for how the game plays. Because, you know, whilst there isn't a massive difference in rewards, if you can get higher up the divisions, you're going to get better division rivals rewards, you're going to get better champs rewards, because you'll have played the game more. So um, definitely... At the end of the day, like it's about having fun and like playing football mm. on the game. So like play football on the game.
0: Yeah, that actually leads us nicely onto what we're talking about in part two after the break, which will be what to do when you get on the console itself, and we'll do that just after this. Hello, listeners. I'm sure you've heard me talk before about how supporting the pod keeps it going and you can get double the podcast content if you join up for just £3 a month. But also, you can win 36,000 FIFA points because there is a giveaway going on on the Patreon at the moment. If you would like to enter, then you can just search support for weekly if you do choose to support, a huge thank you for keeping the podcast going. And it is very much appreciated. Again, just search support Foot weekly. Right. Let's get back into the podcast. Welcome back after the break. Right. Let's dive into what happens after the web app and as we get into uh, the meat of EAFC 24. And uh, we start with early access on the 22nd, as mentioned. For some people, this will be 10 hours. For some people, it will be unlimited access, uh, the full game. Uh, Just quickly, for people who are doing the 10 hours, do people have any recommendations for what you should do with those 10 hours? Obviously, use the web app companion app as much as possible, so you're uh, treasuring those 10 hours that you actually have on the game. Um, But what gameplay should people focus on? I guess we're getting access to the game on a Friday basically. So the first rewards would be on Sunday. So I don't know, Nate, would you say actually jump on and do some squad battles if you have ten hours just to get some rewards so you can use them on the web app?
1: Yeah, I would probably start there, especially always with a new game. You think squad battles is the easiest place to go to get a feel for the gameplay before you maybe take yourself to the online grind. But obviously a lot of people are, you know, very good at the game, so they can go straight into rivals too. But I would say squad battles just for the rewards might be the best place to go. And you kind of mentioned it there, but it's it's kind of weird this year for the whole start of the game cycle. We're not talking about the 10-hour EA play as near as much as we have in previous years mm. because they moved the early release date up so far that it just happens at the same time. That's kind of a weird one this year. Yeah,
3: that's true.
0: Josh, anything to add?
3: One thing I would say is, is that you can see objectives on the web app, and so... Um, as much as you're going into squad battles games, if you're really wanting to kind of maximize completing as much as possible, it sounds really sad, but just getting a bit of a plan of what you need to complete in those first few games so that the reality is you want to play squad battles to the point that you're going to get some rewards and, you know, get used to the game a little bit, but also you're going to have a lot of those starter objectives of just playing games, scoring goals. You know, if you want to play on an amateur and just bang out as many goals as possible, you can do that. But having a plan, essentially using everything the web app can offer, because the only thing really access to the game offers that the web app doesn't is going to be the ability to play the game. And so it's about maximizing that time you get playing the game. Definitely make sure you get wins in rivals because I don't think you'll have enough time. It doesn't release, does it? Until the following Friday. So though that first rivals rewards on the Thursday, you'll need to make sure you get your rivals wins in, um, and try and climb the divisions. But yeah, it's the, it's the playing the game that you have the advantage of when you're actually on that 10 hour early access. And so maximizing that time by using all the information you have, not using that time is the most important thing. Also don't leave it sat on the menu like I did last year. And oh yeah. early time. <laughs> a very good point. Yeah, uh,
0: and actually a quick point on those objectives—they're often some that you can bash out really quickly with a friend, right? Um yes. So that's that's worth thinking about too. Uh, James, I, I think in the past for those ten hours you've you've done draft right. I mean, obviously you're a better player than average. So that helps,
2: but I mean, I think once upon a time I was probably better than average. Ben, I think I'm, I'm sure yeah. <laughs> nowadays I'm like better than average. Per, yeah, but like but once upon a time I felt you know, strong enough to go into draft. I think now you have to remember that if you're going to go into draft, you're going to be playing against like probably top 5% of players that are super committed, believe in their own ability. So you're going to have some like really, really challenging games. If you really want to be like, think about it. I think you just need to budget your time to like, how am I going to maximize the uh, I guess like packs that I can open in that amount of time via gameplay only.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So you have squad battles, which remind like squad battles is now four minute halves, right? So good point. Yeah. A little bit less time there. You definitely should try to get placed up as high as you can in division rivals because those rewards get better uh, in my mind. And then uh, like last year there was there was some uh, what was it moments content. Mm-hmm. I believe that you could get like some really easy packs like very very quickly also worth considering but yeah I mean if you if you drafts fun too if you're trying to figure out what players you want to actually have in your squad you get to try a bunch of them and you get to try out some new formations and stuff and you can certainly learn the game that way but like there are stakes involved with that right so uh-huh. I would say I don't Nowadays, I probably won't go into draft until I feel confident in my ability to finish. I've never not felt confident in my ability to create chances or to defend. But generally speaking, creating or uh, finishing is the one thing that I always am kind of like, mm, until I feel confident that I can put a one-on-one you know, away every time or I know which shot to take in a specific situation, like that I'll probably try to get a feel for this year before heading into draft.
0: Yeah, I definitely recommend some Squad Battles games on lower difficulty to get used to some of the keeper mechanics because yes, the keepers are easier on lower difficulty, but it does still help, I think. And then uh, let's move on to people who have unlimited time. And I think even if you do, and you've got your 4,600 FC points, because of the quality of player during the Ultimate Edition release... I would kind of say it probably still is going to be very difficult unless you're consistently a top-ranked player in champs, for example, or you know, elite division. It does get a bit easier actually if you save some points for the um, full release of the game because people come on and they're just not that familiar with the gameplay, so you can have an advantage there. As Jake's pointed out, it gives you a chance to try some different players, but it's probably not worth committing many thief points to that because realistically getting those points into coins early nate is is probably what's recommended
1: yeah i completely see what you're saying i think spending them all on the packs at the beginning is the way to go if i had to put my two cents on it if you're going to go into draft with the fifa points i would say if you're like a rank three consistent player or above then Mm. it might be worth your time because it's that's kind of the risk right it's like i could get
2: 50k and K-Pax. Well, I was gonna say. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm inclined to like agree with you here in a sense that when I've done draft and used the points that way, it is a time commitment, dude. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah. It to go through that many points just on draft. You're not like you're not playing rivals at that point. You're not playing squad battles. Mm-hmm. Like right now, I'm leaning towards. Here, I think I think Nate's on the right track here. I'll, I'll let you finish, but like I, th- I think you're right. <laughs> I just think it's for the time
1: value of what you get back for coins, too. If you just rip your 4,600 FIBA points all for packs right away, then you, boom, you've got coins, and you can go do whatever you want and then maybe buy a couple of players for your team and then start grinding rivals if you want to get into competitive yep. gameplay right away. But, yeah, just like you mentioned, the time for the draft would take a long time. Maybe there's a happy medium where you can say, I'm going to open... 3600FIFA points of draft and save enough was it 350 for a draft or 300 FIFA points? 300 so it's like there you got three drafts left or maybe you work it out so you can get four and then have a all your FIFA points used or something. but yeah, I, I just think that the opening the packs straight away gets you the coins the fastest and there's even a couple other advantages to doing that, I think too.
0: Yeah, one thing I would say is draft offline. The rewards are slightly worse, but you can choose any difficulty and the rewards are the same. So that could be worth a bit of AFK or away from console time just to improve your pack
2: offering slightly, I guess. Yeah, just going to echo, but I think opening up the packs right away, you give yourself, you put your squad in a much better position to have some, some... Solid players, to where you're like, and and when you go rivals versus or rivals or squad battles versus draft, you're de risking the chance of getting trash packs in a sense. Like mm-hmm. you're you're increasing the likelihood that you at least know the level of packs that you're going to get from doing that. Which to me, you know, if it's a quest for a million, that <laughs> feels like the smarter move off the jump. But if if you're taking a very near term, what can I do in this first week mindset? On the flip side, if you're saying, well, I'm going to play a bunch of drafts over the course of the year and I don't want to put real money on the game. Maybe you just open like a thousand points worth of stuff and then you save the like 3,600 points or whatever for drafts down the road. The, the it's not like the when you play drafts down the road, those the players in those packs aren't going to be worth anything. Like there's still the players that you are that are yet to be packed are still going up in value. If that makes sense.
3: I would echo what's been said. I definitely think that opening the pack straight away, if 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 your goal is just to kind of maximize those coins very quickly and get a good team together, that is useful. I think for me, there's a slight alternative which is maybe open some of them straight away but i would try and complete lots of the objectives you know go and get those bronze and silver squads with a mate if you've got one that you can kind of jump into a friendlies and bash those out because you're going to get a whole load of packs with a whole load of players in them and it may be that your team is at a position where actually you don't necessarily need to massively improve it with coins at that point so you don't need to go and waste all of those FIFA points on 7.5k packs if that's all that's available. You know, it wasn't too far into the year where we started getting big packs released into the game, which from a coin value were expensive, but from a FIFA point value were incredibly cheap. And it may be worth, if you're planning not to put, you know, if you're somebody who just buys the Ultimate Edition and then doesn't put FIFA points on like myself, it may be worth holding 2,000, 3,000 FIFA points just... Further down the line, when they release one of those big packs, or you know, you got a chance at going and getting a pack that was maybe 30,0, 400,000 coins, but you can do it for a thousand FIFA points, that might be something that's worth considering and taking the time to do. I I do think that if you are confident enough that you can get past the first round consistently in draft, which you know, only half people that enter a draft will go past the first round. But if you think you can do that. It is worth doing it for the FIFA point versus what you get back. That's those second round rewards. Even if you lose after in in the second round, are usually a seven and a half K pack and a fifteen K pack, or a seven and a half K pack and a twelve and a half K pack, which is better than if you're just spending it on the seven and a half K packs. But again, that that's something for you to dictate based off where you think your skill is, because that that early access is the elite of the elites playing the game and it it can be very hard for a you know if you're just getting 11 wins and that's your kind of limit it's it's going to be quite difficult i think going into draft at that point mm, I think that makes sense. let's put you on the spot then josh what is your plan going into that
0: first week what, what how will that week pan out do you think
3: Um, So a lot of it will be dictated off of web app and um, and what I get from my starter packs. But I tend to, the moment I get the game, go into objectives and just try and complete all of the objectives I can to get the um, 500 goals, 500 assists, get the bronze and silvers out of the way. I'll usually have somebody that I'll do that with so that I kind of just... I don't have anything to think about then in terms of objectives. At that point, I'll have a team that I can put together and I'll go in and immediately play a bunch of Rivals games, mainly to get out the divisions, but also just to get a feel of the game and and, and start doing it. I won't spend my points until I finished kind of that second bit of Rivals, until I get to the point where I go, okay, I've, I've kind of hit the limit of how good I am <laughs> at this point. Mm. And I am I now need to consider, am I going to go Back into trying to trade an awful lot. Am I gonna do? I want to go and open my packs, but I tend not to touch my FIFA points for quite a while. Actually, after I get on the game uh, and concentrate mainly on the stuff that you can complete with time, because that's the advantage you have over everybody who's not done it.
0: Mm, that's a good point.
2: I do, I do I, like on the flip side, though. There is something fun about rolling the dice on your FIFA points, like straight off the jump, because that first that first week of informs tend to be like pretty rare and like can appreciate quite drastically. And even if you get one of the bad ones, like, I don't know, 10K, like off the start gets you access to, like helps get you access to some players that you might really, really want in your squad that might be not affordable down the road. Yeah, getting in early on players can
0: be a good way of, Having good players in your team, but also potentially seeing those rise as people build to the amount of coins that you have and can then afford that player, and, and there's the inflation that goes on early in the cycle. So, yeah, that that is an advantage of spending first. And I think if you're in doubt, that is probably the thing to do. Right now, let's move on to talking about evolutions, a big new feature this cycle, and something that we want to be aware of at launch. Although it's hard to know exactly how it's going to impact things but basically with evolutions if you didn't know already you're able to upgrade players there'll be limited slots that you can unlock with coins or fifa points or they may actually be free and there'll be requirements on those slots which restrict the play you can actually put into them you'll do objectives and things and the player will get upgraded uh josh is there anything we should consider going into playing the game about evolutions do you think
3: uh one thing i would say with evolutions is don't like dive straight into, or I can use this player and evolve this player. And I'm just going to do that straight away because from the kind of rumors and leaks that I've seen, the bandings of who you can choose is going to be quite wide. If it's any silver player, don't just use your best silver player you have at that moment, because it may be that there's a, the obvious choice to upgrade, say like, you know, I was looking at Joe Linton's stats earlier and he just looks unbelievable. And if he can fit into an evolution, it might be worth waiting an extra three, four, five days, going to pick him up and then putting him in the evolution instead of just using a random midfielder in your club. Don't don't burn those evolutions immediately just because you can, because I think you, you there's a big potential you'll miss out on having a really nice overpowered card early in the game if you do that.
1: I agree with that too, because, like, especially as we learn about what evolution is going to be worth doing, the longer that it's there and the longer that we figure it out and have time to, the more fine tuned we're going to get with it, especially at the beginning. You know, what we know about the evolution day one, you know, maybe by week two, there's okay, it's really obvious that this sort of player works the best in this evolution and can be, you know, leveled up the most or look the best after being
0: evolved type of thing. So
1: yeah, that'll be a learning curve this year too.
0: Yeah, I think it's a really good point. Thinking about who you're going to evolve is really important. There'll be some people who know the player they're going to evolve because they love the player and they want them to be better, which makes sense. But for a lot of these, you're going to be able to finesse them essentially and pick players that really are going to help your team a lot and going to improve a lot. And also, I guess for, for chemistry, are going to be helpful to you too. And it's worth thinking about that before diving into it because you'll only have well a limited number of slots out there that you can put players into. But not only that, you can only evolve one player at a time. So you've got to consider that. It's going to be quite a time commitment to evolve a player all the way probably. Uh, and then you know you move on to the next player. But uh, it's definitely a good point to uh, wait and see or, or to just be cautious about it. And we're working on tools at
2: the moment actually for Foot.gg so that people can, be well-informed about the uh, the upgrade. Until you have, like, a pretty good sense of the direction you want to take your squad, mm. like, be cautious. Mm. I know for me, personally, I tend to switch around squads a lot early, trying to find, like, a system and, like a, like, players that I like. I... Am probably going to like hold off on the evolution to like as long as I can. Mm. I, I doubt the first evolutions are going to be so meaningful that we feel the need to do them like right away. I could be wrong, but it feels like that would be a, the wrong type of power curve boost from the jump. For my brain, I'm looking at like center backs, left back, right back. Mm. And saying, mm, like, what's a bit? Can I evolve keepers from the start? Like I, like, I would be perfectly happy going out and buying one of the top keepers in the game and spending the coins on them and then just evolving them. Can I do that? I don't know.
3: I also wonder, because I think most of the rumors I've seen have been around, like, it being a cap on the rating. But I also wonder if we're going to get caps on stats as well. So if there's an evolution that's going to be like, plus five pace that one of the requirements of the player is they can't have more than 78 pace and and so then for sure and i think that's what i mean about don't just choose a player that fits because you've got them there might be a player that's got 78 pace and is just underneath the rating cap that actually is going to be a really good player once you complete the evolution path with them it is the part of the game i'm most excited for like yeah. I just hope it goes well. I just hope it's done well. It's
2: it's easy to be excited for because it feels like right now endless possibilities. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like w- once they put like real feeling constrictions around it, everybody's like hopes and dreams of what they thought it was going to be mean or be to them could very well be dashed. So Like I'm also, I mean, don't I don't I don't mean to be like a super negative Nancy here. I'm in the same boat where like this could be really, really cool having played this game now for a decade plus. Like I'm very, very well prepared for it to not be, especially in the first year, as quote unquote like cool as I'd say like the majority of us are hoping it will be. Yeah, it's fascinating to
0: see what they do in terms of requirements, in terms of the actual upgrades. And it's really going to make or break the feature, basically. It's also going to create very much meta options, I think. Players that people realize are going to be ideal for that particular evolution. And I guess from a trading perspective, it creates a lot of opportunity, actually.
1: Yeah, just as in a similarity to cards that people want to buy for their teams to, you know, use them in game because they're meta, like the community often latches around, you know, certain cards that get really hyped up because of certain attributes or stats and how they play in game. I would imagine that probably would find its way into evolutions as well. You know, some people will be like, wow, this player fits this evolution the best, and it's going to be an insane card, and that could impact their price on the market a little bit. I mean, obviously, if it's a silver, then, you know, the ceiling is usually capped at 10k, so, you know, that sort of
0: thing. But, yeah, I mean, I would definitely think it's going to impact the market. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And actually this doesn't completely wrap up the coverage even though this episode has been a long one. Uh, We'll be talking
3: more on the supporter episode but is there anything anyone wants to slip in at the end here? I definitely think there's one other thing that I would talk about when you're playing the game early, which is testing out playstyles, because they're the other massive addition to the game and finding out which play styles, and I'm not just talking about playstyles plus, but the ones that are underneath that are a little bit more difficult to find, finding the ones of those that suit the way you play the game and are the most overpowered at the beginning, it's going to be great in terms of like investing in players if that's what you want to do, if you want to invest in early access into full release so that you know kind of who's going to end up being meta because they've got this play style whether it's trickster or speed dribbler or power shot um i definitely think it's one of those things where even if a player doesn't fit your team just give them a little bit of a run out just to see what does a play style do can you actually feel the effect of it or is it something that's a little bit too subtle for people to really care too much about it's one of those things that, and there's also I've seen a few people talk about applying playstyles as if they're chem styles, which is isn't going to be a thing. I think you can add a playstyle through evolutions at some point, but um, the the playstyles are going to be already built into the card. It's not going to be something you can apply. Yeah, yeah,
0: I know that's a misconception. We're actually thinking,
3: Josh, uh, I was chatting to you about doing a podcast, which is just
0: running through things that people may not know going into twenty four, because there is just so much that's changed the cycle. And I think people will spend a lot of their time in the first week just getting their heads around what it is that's changed and how things are different, because there's a huge amount that people have to contend with. I think definitely. I think that's where we'll wrap up this podcast on getting started in fc24 but we'll be talking about it more on the patreon feeds for supporters and you can catch that episode and every other supporter episode that double the podcast content over on the patreon feed you can find that just by searching support for weekly it's just three quid a month uh, so we can say thank you to our guests here for coming on this episode First of all, uh, thank you very much to Nate. And if people want to follow the market, I mean, your YouTube channel is the place to go. And also Twitch, of course.
1: Yeah, Twitch, YouTube, the foot account is where you can find me. We'll be following the market a lot from day one um, throughout the whole entire year, honestly. But especially right at the beginning, it's pretty frantic and fun as we all get off the ground running and try to figure out as we pack stuff and you know start our ultimate teams,
3: what's the best way to go.
0: Indeed. And Joshua as well, people can catch your progress I'm sure over on Twitter or X
3: uh, yeah I'll be on uh, I'll be on Twitter at Josh XLS underscore so yeah I will may I may start streaming again it did it, we'll see how much time I've got but uh, yeah the, the streams may return
0: nice and uh, finally to Japes Yeah. Thank you very much for giving your insights on this podcast. Always interested to know what you're going to be up to in that first week or so. Thank you much, Ben.
2: The fun part about that is I too am always interested in what I'm going to (laughs) be up to for the first week or so because, you know, what is it like everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth, something like that. It's not that the game necessarily throws you like something bad, but like, you could end up with like a great card, and you're then everything goes out the window, and you're like, I don't like this was this was not part of the plan. What do yep. I do? So, um, so you know, it's it's always fun just to see how it plays out, what happens. So I'm you know I'm looking forward to it again this year. I think it's going to be a, a great cycle so I'm, I'm pretty excited about it this year and eager to get started yeah me too looking forward to it and uh,
0: hopefully everyone out there is too if you would like to catch these podcasts directly in your podcast feed then do subscribe via the various different podcast platforms and on YouTube and if you're on YouTube then do leave a like drop a comment it definitely helps out and talking of helping out thank you very much to all those supporters out there who keep this podcast running including those Icon patrons. Dave B, Hugh J, Coach Vass, DJ FIFA Player, Alan G, Alistair, Anthony R, Dominic P, Rob P, Jeff B, Michael K, Stephen F, Tom B, Damon H, David S, Nick Jack M, Eric T, Neil P, Adam G, Kirky87, Dan W, Waterman, N Hagman, Harry A, Jake G, Roger D, Springford, Elec, Bracco, nishant, harry p, alex m, lee a, brendan w, andrew c, joe w, timothy j, dylan, J kel, ibis24, adam r, sam k, graham w, andy, ads h2k, and brian v. Plus a special thanks to luke m, dave b, hugh j, tom m, darren w, and pato foot for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you, just one more thing to add, though. FIFA's a bit like life, really. It has its many ups and its many downs. If you're having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice, support, or even just a friendly chat for anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to the CalmZone.net. And for now, have a good one, and I'll catch you on the next podcast.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.